Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. And be glad in it. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, everyone in the house this morning. Let's clap for Jesus. Appreciate him with a clap offering. For he is such a wonderful God. Thank you, Jesus. I have a conviction that something is going to happen to somebody this morning. And it's going to be unto that one a life-transforming experience. The Lord is lifting somebody in the house today. This service was designed for somebody. And that person is not going to go home without that impartation. And I want to trust the Lord that not just one person, but as many as we step into this hall today, we receive an impartation. In the mighty name of Jesus. Get ready for impartation. Get ready for transformation. Get ready for promotion. The Lord is here today to change somebody's situation. In the mighty name of Jesus. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to welcome you to today's service. The Spirit of God came in here well prepared before we came in. And I want to let you know that the spiritual foundation has been set for your transformation and your promotion. And there is nothing the Lord, God Almighty, we add to what he has done already. It's been settled in the realm of the spirit. Just don't wait for any form of addition, just for it to manifest. Praise the Lord. We are not coming here to pray through for it, for God to do something about what he has done. We are just saying that I am asking you to just get ready because you are going to see something you have never seen before in this ministry. Praise the Lord. The Lord spoke to me this morning that the spiritual foundation of what it takes for this church to receive an exposition or explosion has already been set. The spiritual foundation, and it doesn't really need anybody. It doesn't really need anybody. Because everybody has failed. It doesn't need anybody. Because everybody has failed. It takes God himself who has led the spiritual foundation to bring about a level of glory in this ministry that people have never had before. The glory is there to be revealed. Praise the Lord. You might not understand the depth of this word the Lord gave me this morning, but there's going to be a wonderful transformation of this ministry. And when you talk about ministry, it's you and I, actually. It's you and I. Where the Lord will advertise his church by himself. Where there is no strategy of men that will ever bring about it, but God himself that will evolve a strategy. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said, look up to me. Keep looking up to me and you see what I will do. For the ministry I've given you to pastor. And you have faithfully done it over these years. Look up to me to see what I will do. 
in the life of people that I have brought your way and I will yet bring you away. Because the spiritual foundation of whatever it will take to bring an explosion of this ministry has been laid. That is the word of the Lord this morning. And he ended up by saying that the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. The mindset of men, the wicked men, the evil imagination of men cannot prevail against it. The cunning craftiness of men, the pretentious nature of those that have a form of godliness but denying the power of this particular commission cannot prevail against it. The secret devices of men that's been going on over the years and they look as if they are transforming and they are, they are, they are progressing in what they are doing has come to a final termination and the Lord himself has taken over and he will show them that he is God. What you have never imagined in the way churches, ministries are transformed are standing on the world and the righteousness of Christ. It's about to happen to you and I in this ministry. And again, the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. The hidden Davids of this ministry are about to begin to come to the limelight. You know what Davids are? The hidden Davids are, David for a long time has been in the bush, been in the bush. Nobody knows David, but he has been ordained to be a king, to rule over Israel by God. The Davids of this ministry are about to begin to spring forth. And the Lord will use them in a manner that God has never used any set of people any time in history. Let me stop there and allow the Lord to do his thing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, in starting off this series, we were able to establish some spiritual truth about our blessing. Among the spiritual truth we were able to establish... And very importantly, amongst them, is that as soon as we become born again, we automatically key into the blessing of God. Not ambiguous. As long as you give your life to Jesus, you automatically align into the will of God for the blessing of humanity. You become the blessed, not to be blessed. You automatically become the blessed of the Lord. Because it took the precious blood of Jesus for you to be transformed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his, his dear son, the Bible says. And that transformation is a transformation into blessing. And so, we're able to underscore 
that that blessing actually came from Jesus Christ to us who happens to be Gentiles. But the foundation of that blessing actually started from Abraham where the Lord spoke and said, I will make you, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing and through you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so the children of Abraham started enjoying the blessing that God pronounced to them. But it didn't have to end with them. Jesus came and now opened the door for the Gentiles, for you and I, to key into that blessing of Abraham. So the blessing of Abraham automatically becomes ours by the covenant that we have with Jesus Christ. We establish at this point that we are no longer going to look for blessing or anything that represents God's blessing anywhere and through any source. It's sacrilegious for us to begin to look for the droplets of blessing from any human being, any church, any gathering, anywhere, unless you are not born again. So the best you can do is to fellowship. But whether you are in your house or in the church, in your office, in the car, at home, in your village, you are blessed. So wherever you go, you carry the blessing of God. You get into the midst of people. Great revival in the church. Everybody's raising their holy hands and you step in. You step in there as a blessed person and not the one that will seek the blessing from the altar. It doesn't matter what they preach. Unless you are not born again. You step into this church this morning carrying the blessing of God. All we are doing is to expose the reality of this blessing to you. So don't think that you came in here this morning, even when you're born again, to contact blessing. No. <laughs> you are just simply in here to hear what the Lord will say to you. And also get understanding of who you are the more. So that when you step out, you become like a colossus. More conscious of what you are carrying and who you are. And you now begin to do exploit. One of the greatest problems about understanding of our blessing is ignorance. And so we begin to feel that there are places where you go to contact blessing. Or whatever blessing represents as God's definition of blessing. Friends, please debunk that and take that away from your mentality. Nobody can bless you except the blesser. And the blesser has blessed you when you gave your life to Jesus. Because that's the price Jesus paid for your life. He said the enemy came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I come that you might have life. And have life even more abundantly. What can be added to it? What, what can be added to the life that Christ has given to us? And even the life of abundance that Christ has given to us. What in this earth can be added to that? Who on this earth can impart that anointing upon you? So that you can have more of the life of abundance that Christ has given. Who on that earth is qualified to open the seal? 
who in the face of this act has the power to impart more blessing than the blessing that you received when you gave your life to Jesus? And who is more blessed than you? By a covenant, who is more blessed than you? I never saw it in my Bible that the blessing that Jesus Christ gave us or draw us into the blessing of Abraham is graduated. Certain people receive higher level of blessing and other ones middle level of blessing, another one lower level of blessing, and some of them are watching the gate of blessing to pick the crumbs. We are all blessed. And that is why the blessed one can spring up surprises. Somebody you never taught, somebody you never knew, somebody you never, you know, can relate to a blessing or what the manifestation of blessing can be with no background or poor background or little background or humble background or whatever background it might be. Springing surprises because the blessing is not from any man, it's from God and God himself. And that is why you are a sign and a wonder, a miracle waiting to happen. That is why you are a great child of a great God. Unless you are Jesus, is smaller than my Jesus. But there is no Jesus that is different from Jesus. If you are serving the same Jesus, you are as big as Jesus can make you be. And Jesus does not graduate or differentiate or put in a scale. This one should have little blessing. This one should have uh, mid blessing. This one should have... Uh, mid-high, this one should have high. We are all at the top echelon of God's blessing by covenant that we have with God. And that is who you are. I'd like you to put your hands together for Jesus. One of the reasons why people are easily manipulated in Christendom is because they don't understand this, this policy, this principle. They don't understand this, this revelation. They are wallowing in ignorance of what Christ has done for them. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14 tells us that Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Be made a cause for us, for it is written... Cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The Bible says in verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Listen, friends, you are blessed. I say you are blessed. Look at yourself and say to yourself, I am blessed. Say to yourself again, I am blessed. Point your hand right to your chest as you are talking to yourself and say it again. I am blessed. 
And that is what it is. We must also understand at this point that God's blessing to Abraham or what we call Abraham's blessing which we are actually partaking of we said it last week it's a family blessing it's what? a family blessing anytime God wants a man blessed anytime God blesses a man Anytime one's keys into the covenant of blessing by way of salvation, that covenant begins to extend to his family at large. And that is the mystery of somebody in the family giving his or her life to Jesus. For example, the wife gives her life to Jesus before the husband and the children. Something happens to that family through that particular act of that wife of that particular family. Because automatically the presence of God has come into that wife's life and the covenant of blessings has come into that wife's life. Without too long, the husband will get born again. Without too long, the children will get born again. Because that is the entrance of the blessing that rose out in the family. So when it happened to the man, it's the same and when it also happened to the children, one child, enough, it's enough to make the entire family get born again. It doesn't matter whether the father has been an imam or shongo worshiper, whatever it is, just one child. Because that's the way it works. I know that my wife gave her life first to Jesus. Before I did. And they were praying for me. But now I just know that they don't even need to pray for me. Because by the virtue of the fact that she has given her life to Christ, I won't tarry long being an unbeliever. Because the glory and the power of the blessing of the covenant has come into our home. And so our children have no option but to follow suit. That is the covenant of God's blessing. When God decided to bless Obededium for the fact that he welcomed the ark of covenant into his home, the Bible said that Obededium and his family were blessed. Why the family? Because that's the way God blesses. Second Samuel 6.11 And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obededium the Hittite. Three months. And the Lord blessed Obededium and all his household. And all. That's the way it spreads. That is the way it spreads. And all his household. The children of the blessed is blessed. The grandchildren of the blessed is blessed. The great-grandchildren of the blessed is blessed. It runs from generation to generation. We are blessed, our children are blessed. Our children, children are blessed. Generation yet unborn are blessed. They are all covered by the same covenant of blessing. Now, the question for today, which I believe the Holy Ghost will give us answer. The question that 
was in my mind when I was getting ready for today's um, exposition on the blessing. Is if we are really blessed, why is everyone that is born again not experiencing the totality of the blessing of God in their lives? And I know that's your question. That's the question of so many of you here. If I am really blessed, like we are saying it now, that once I got born again, I'm blessed. And there are certain things that represent blessings. And I'm not seeing most of them in my life. So why? Why? And you just said it's automatic. You're already blessed automatically because you gave your life to Jesus. So why am I not experiencing the blessing? It's because you don't so much understand the blessing. And so you now kind of um, begin to see the blessing in a particular form and shape. Which is the way the world sees the blessing. But I believe that's a good question for us to answer, trusting the Holy Spirit today. So I love that question because one thing is to be blessed. Another is to experience the evidence of the blessing in our lives. When I was meditating on that, I remember a name that is called Njideka. You know Njideka, you know, when you... <laughs> When you, you know, um, it's good to hope, you know. But when you hold that thing, it seems to be better than the hope. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you, you need to get to that level where you, you actually know you are holding the blessing. The intangibility has to become tangible in your spirit man for you to begin to understand how blessed you are. The minor thing that the Lord does in your life and around you that people might not associate to blessing will begin to make so much meaning in your life that you know you are actually holding the blessing without the world knowing it. And at that point, you are ready for the heights. <laughs> You become so unstoppable. Listen. Again, the manifestation of the components of blessing is not the proof of the blessing. We are already blessed. Manifestation now or later. You are already blessed. You don't seem to understand that yet. <laughs> yes, we need manifestation. But the manifestation of the component of blessings in our lives, which includes good health, it's an evidence of God's blessing. Wealth, it's an evidence of God's blessing. Having substance, having favor, Having godly children, lending and not borrowing, abundance of life, honor, protection, divine direction, general prosperity, everything that pertains to life and godliness are the components of God's blessing. But I'm saying this morning that the manifestation of the component of blessing is not the proof of the blessing. 
you are already blessed before you begin to see the blessing manifested. God promised Abraham blessing. At the point he promised him blessing, Abraham moved from the awe of the Chaldeans and went to the place God said to him, God had blessed him. God had blessed him and Abraham was carrying blessing even when some of the components of the blessing had not manifested Abraham was still blessed one of the components lasted for 25 years does it mean that it was after the birth of Isaac that Abraham got blessed oh answer me if you may does it mean that when Isaac manifested was when ah, now I now know I am blessed Absolutely no. Abraham was blessed when God pronounced blessing upon him, but the manifestation of all the components of the blessing never happened one day. But that they didn't happen did not diminish the fact that he was blessed. So I don't know about you, what has been manifesting, what has not been manifesting. But you see, the purpose of today's ministration is for you to begin to unlock those things that will make about or bring about the manifestation. But first and foremost, you must have it at the, at the back of your mind that you must have the peace that God expects you to have that you are blessed. And that you are carrying the blessing. It will make you to look at God as faithful not because there is manifestation already but because God cannot lie it will not make you to look down on yourself anymore or pity yourself or allow people to pity you because you are not pitiable you are blessed praise the Lord you are blessed by the one that made the heavens and the earth Genesis 12, 1 to 3 or to 4 this time. Genesis 12, 1 to 4. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of their country and from their kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee, and I make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. <laughs> oh, I love this. You know, a whole lot of people try to curse you. A whole lot of people want to curse you. A whole lot of people are cursing you. But if you're a carrier of the blessing that I know you are, those people are in trouble. Because you are not the one to curse them back. God in heaven, by the virtue of the Father that you are carrying his blessing, we curse them for you. Are you understanding what I'm saying this morning? That's part of the blessing. I will bless them that blessed thee and cause him that cursed thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed 
So Abraham or Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haram. He was 75 years old when he departed out of Haram. One thing that we could see in this short story, or so many things we can see, but one thing I just want to point out right now is that God spoke to Abraham to relocate. We need to understand that relocation so that you can be at peace with yourself. Live where you are to where I want you to be. And experience my blessing. In the case of Abraham, it was a physical relocation. It was to be in a particular spot where he will bless him. He said, leave your kindred, leave your country, leave your father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Yes, God asked Abraham to relocate. And that was purely a physical relocation. But to us, by the covenant we have with Jesus and understanding of the things of the Spirit, wherever we are, after receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, unless by way of specific instruction, you stand to be blessed. Put you in a desert place, you are blessed. Put you among those that are heavily blessed, you are blessed. Put you among the hiddens, you are blessed. Put you among the brethren, you are blessed. Put you in any continent of this world, you still are blessed. You are not in a particular physical location to seek for blessing. But you are already blessed before you get to any physical location. That's why I said in your home, you are blessed. When you get to church, you are blessed. In the car, you are blessed. In the bus, you are blessed. In the bus stop, you are blessed. In the village, you are blessed. In the city, you are blessed. Because Jesus Christ has given you that blessing through his blood. And so you stand blessed. So in the case of Abraham, it was a physical relocation. And there are reasons the Lord did that. And I want us to take those reasons. But we need to understand those reasons in the way of the Spirit so that it can relate to us. If we're saying that it's not a physical relocation for us, but it was used as an example in the case of Abraham, then we need to understand what is God teaching us and what did God teach Abraham and what did God achieve by asking Abraham to relocate. The first point it was that it was supposed to be a test of obedience to Abraham. Let me try this man. 
leave your comfort zone. Leave where you are right now and go somewhere else. God needed to know if Abraham or Abraham at that point could simply obey him without argument. Could simply obey him without argument or without compromise. And Abraham passed that test. Spiritually, as part of our covenant of blessing, God is always searching for the obedience. God is searching for those that will always obey him, obey his instruction. Don't forget, our emphasis today is if I am blessed and I'm carrying the blessing, why am I not seeing the manifestation of the blessing in my life? We must understand that the one that has blessed you is always giving instructions to you. And most of those instructions is to lead you to your blessing. Is to lead you to begin to see the blessing manifest in your life. You are blessed, yes. But there are constant instructions that requires your obedience. That requires your compliance. That requires your acceptance. And so God told Abraham to move. And he moved. And that obedience was a great record in the, in the eyes of God of why Abraham must see the manifestation. Listen. God said to him, I will bless you and make your name blessed and make your name great and through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. At that particular point in time, he has not received anything that looked like the blessing of God upon his life, but God has blessed him. But somehow, he had to prepare himself to begin to unlock the mysteries of God's blessing upon his life. And God said, now move. And Abraham obeyed him. We talk about it again. Number two, God actually asked Abraham to relocate physically to prove that Abraham did not need to depend on his earthly connections or what he has built. I don't know whether he has built a house, and I couldn't have imagined him telling him, Carry your house from the awe of the Chaldeans to where I will, I will ask you to dwell. But there was nothing that Abraham heard in terms of human relationship, in terms of connections, in terms of structures that God expected him to take. Not even a person. But he was the one that took who? Lot. And he, in fact, he suffered why he took Lot. But that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> Do you understand? Don't take anything. Just go. Just go. Just go now. All your connections, leave behind. All your friends, leave behind. All the structures you have built, leave behind. No wonder that rich man came to Jesus and said, what will I do to inherit the kingdom of God? He said, you know what? Go and sell those things that you have. Everything, everything, everything and follow me. The guy looked at Jesus and he said, you don't even know what you're saying. 
<laughs> me sell what? To follow who? Why? Because of the kingdom. I don't need the kingdom. I need the things that I have already acquired. <laughs> now that's for another day. So God tested Abraham to see whether he is still looking at those things that he sweats. His handwork, his intellect, his abilities, his friends, his connection, his family background had given to him. And God said, leave everything, leave everything. And I will show you that I'm God. You know, God can start with you from ground zero to make you the greatest hero. God doesn't need any connection that you have with a family connection or friends connection or academic qualification or whatever to be able to make you the greatest. And so God is saying that I can pick you from the backside of life, pick you from the, the stormy weathers of life and the merry clays of life and I will put you on the solid ground by myself so that they know that I am God. And so Abraham did not consider any connection, any friends, any possession. He left with his Ghana must go back. I don't know how, 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 how big his personal belongings were. Listen, Abraham was 75 years old, friends. At 75 years old, no matter how it is, he would have had a little hut where he lived. He would have had his farms. He would have had some, he had some level of things. He had some level of things going for him in the all of the Chadians. But God said, leave everything and follow me. How much we are ready to leave everything to follow God determines how easy it is for us to unlock the blessing of God in our lives. I am not saying sell anything. I'm not selling throw away anything that God has given to you because it's not physical. It's spiritual. Where you say everything I have, I count it as dung. It's not anything. Now when I came to Christ, anything I now have is of God. And I know God is blessing me. Where you attribute every of your blessing to God, not your handwork, not your wisdom, not because your family did it, or not because your intellect did it, or because you work harder than any other person, even that man on the street. No. It is simply because God has given you grace. I will not say whatever I have before is not the issue here. I am starting all over again with God, and I am trusting him to do whatever I had before because it's yet God. And so Abraham, in obedience, left everything behind. And God said, I also mark this one for you as good. You are not looking backward like Lot's wife. You are just going because I said so. Then the third point to prove that even in dry place, God can turn it into a land flowing with milk and honey. Making the impossible to be possible. As a matter of fact, it's been proven that the land of all of the Chaldeans where God took Abraham from was actually more physically and naturally fertile than Canaan that God took Abraham to. Simply meaning that if it is me that is directing you, I can take you to a worse situation and I can still make you the father of blessing in that situation. I will take you from where it's so comfortable and look as if it's blossoming. Don't hold to those things. 
because my blessing has nothing to do with those. I will make you, even in dry land, to be swimming in milk and in honey, swimming in opulence and God's blessing, that people all over the world will begin to come to study your mystery of how you're able to survive, not just to survive, but have abundance in a place that is so dried. And that's the mystery of Israel today. People are sending people from the most fertile lands of this earth to Israel to learn how do they acquire the knowledge, the skill, the ability to have the best of agriculture in a dry land. Nature does not encourage that. Nature does not support that. But what is happening to you? Why? I, how did you manage? And I tell you, people study and get some level of revelation and plant it there, but they can never surpass what happens to Israel because that of Israel is not study. It's covenant. It's what? It's covenant. They didn't do any study. They just found themselves doing things and things begin to happen to them. I don't know whether you know of the mystery. If they shift from a particular location and consider location, that location becomes dried. And the people that took over that location cannot do those things that they were doing when they were there. Talking about the Palestinians. So shifting the ground does not mean shifting their blessing. No, they carry the blessing. So wherever they shift, they carry the blessing. And wherever they live, it's dried already. So not until you key into that covenant, it will make a difference where you go or what somebody gave to you or where you are at a particular point in time. Listen, friends, that's the blessing that we carry. That is the blessing of Abraham that we carry. So this is a spiritual relocation. And what is spiritual relocation? Your mindset to you. A mentality. I don't need my background to be blessed. Yes, I have to make sure that I have the best of education. I have to have the best of, uh, you know, whatever thing you can inquire to be able to help yourself, you know, feel good. But you don't depend on that because there are a lot of PhD, DSC holders that are poor and are wretched and are begging for bread. So it's not academic qualification. It's not any positioning of life. It is simply that when God bless you, you are blessed. <laughs> Every struggle of man to get blessing has never been proven to give blessing to as many as are struggling to be able to do that thing. You know, experience has shown. There are a lot of Harvard graduates that don't have money. Experience have showed there are people that dropped out from Harvard, became multi-millionaire. So if it had to take Harvard for you to be blessed and they dropped out, how come they became the rich people that the world is literally talking about? Shh, listen. You can have the best of everything, have the best of Harvard and you're on drug. Can you be blessed <laughs> on the streets? on drug, you know? How do you receive the blessing when you're on drug? And you become a junkie. Part of the blessing is to lead you in the path 
of righteousness. Part of the blessing <laughs> is to direct your part, to send his angel to take charge over you that you will not dash your feet against the stone. Nothing guarantees any kind of blessing. Professors of neurology have been known to die of brain cancer. Are you hearing me, somebody? Because I don't have a solution to that. Gynecologists that are ladies have been known to die in childbirth because they don't have a solution to that. But as a covenant of surviving in childbirth that has nothing to do with any training. That is why you can also, on the other hand, see somebody that has no knowledge and no hospital and nothing and give them birth in the family. And asking somebody, come and cut the umbilical cord for me, please. Come and cut this thing. I think my child is crying. You see, what we understand as life abundance and life blessing is only in the hands of God. Anything you are seeking outside God might have a form of it, but can never be it. And so God said to this man, come out from here. Come out from this fertile, great land of all. Go to Canaan. Then I will make the impossible to be possible. And I will make the unimaginable to be comprehensible. I will make you to be an eye that everybody will look up to to have direction. So it was a spiritual thing when Christ came into our life. We have to change our mindset, change your understanding, change your natural way of thinking that the blessing belongs to God and can give it and has given it to you and you need to set God out on how to see the manifestation. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 asks us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not in our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge God and he shall direct our path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own personal understanding and in all your ways no matter what your mind is telling you acknowledge God Lord, I know I am brilliant, but I cannot pass this interview. I will not be selected for this job except you help me. Let your confidence at every particular point in time be on God. The Bible said, and he shall direct thy path. Let me just give a loose example. You are going for visa interview. You have all your documents ready. You have everything lined up for you. Everything is super. You know that you are the kind of person that will say, come, 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 come. They check your bank statement. You have about $100 million. They, they, see, they see everything. I mean, everything looks good. Everything looks powerful. 
you're not sick, so you're not going for you know hospital. You know, I mean, you just you just want to, and you have traveled all parts of the world, and you just want to go to America, for example. And you get there with all the confidence. And there is one demon that is there that said, "Me, everyone that comes on my table today, I'm going to deny them." You know, you, you know, you can only reapply or you know, how do they say it? Appeal, okay. But what that man says on that table is final. So he came, having been messed up by the wife. It was such a big quarrel. He said, I'm not in a good mood today. Anyone that comes, they will now come with your files and loads and say, hello, with confidence. They say, how are you? Yeah, can I see your document, please? Why do you want to go to America? Yeah, you have a lot of money. Why do you really want to go to America? I, I, I just, you know, I just want to spend my money there in Germany. I say, okay, yeah, you want to go. Sorry, you are denied. Bush. And here comes a blessed man. And this guy needed to ease himself at that particular point in time. <laughs> People have lined up. <clears throat> they just called a well-spirited person to come in there. That guy disappeared, and they call you a number. Number five, you are appearing there. He said, what do you have? I don't have so much, but this is what I have. Why do you want to go? Well, I just want to see my friend. I just, your mouth is shaking. You don't have all the confidence that that man has. He said, anyway, I think you can go. Pish. And somebody said, I, how, who, who, what qualify you to be taken? Praise the Lord. You know, it happens on daily basis because when you carry God's blessings, he makes a way for you when there seems to be no way. So no matter how loaded and how qualified you are to be given a visa, you can be denied because you are standing before someone that says, I will deny you and, you will, and he will deny you. And he will, I say, when he says deny you, you are denied. <laughs> you don't know how that works. I you not fumed that. I don't blame you, you people that are there. What are you, what do you have? I don't even want to go. Yeah, you have seen your own. If you make so much noise, security. <laughs> are you hearing me, somebody? Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not in thy own understanding, and with all and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and, perf and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renew your thinking. That is by your power or might. Renew your thinking. Because you always get disappointed. You always get disappointed. A new mind, a new thinking. The mind of Christ it's what you must have. That it is only God that can build and watch over. So how do we unlock our blessing? Our covenant blessing. I don't want to rush a few things. I want to say number one, knowledge. The knowledge or the persuasion that you are blessed is our first thing to help us unlock our covenant blessing. 
The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth that you know shall make you free. You must be very convinced. You must very perfectly convinced that, look, this thing Pastor is saying is not just to make me happy. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. No, that is actually engrafted in the word of God and that's the covenant I have with God. You must convince yourself beyond what anybody can tell you that you are blessed. You are carrying God's blessing. If you are born again, you are carrying God's blessing. You must be so convinced about it again because there will be storms that will shake that belief. And if you are not standing on the full knowledge, when the storm comes, say, am I really sure I'm blessed? Hey. Oh, am I really, really sure that what God said is actually correct? But when you know in your know and you are convinced beyond all doubt, when the storm comes, I know I am blessed and I don't care what the storm is saying you know Jesus said to his disciples let us go to the other side Jesus cannot say let us go to the other side and had, a, and had a doubt that he was going to sink by the waters or by the storms of life and they were going to the other side and storms came tempest, turbulence and Jesus was sleeping with his head on, on the pillow of stone and the disciples look at this guy and look at this guy and said, what's wrong with this man? Jesus, wake up now. Don't you mind that we're almost, we're about perishing. Wake up. They woke him up. Man that was enjoying his sleep in the turbulence of life. Because he was so convinced he would go to the other side. He has said it. There's nothing to stop him. No matter how the tempest goes, and he's opened his eyes looking as if he's been sleeping for days and said, gentlemen, where is your faith? He just questioned their faith. Where is your faith? What faith? Don't you see turbulence? What faith? Can't you remember I'm saying, I have said we are going to the other side. What kind of turbulence in life that will ever make you think you're not going to get there? Anyway, just for you to leave me alone because you don't understand your faith is terribly small oh you of little faith this breeze this wind this turbulence peace be still and he went back to lie down everywhere was calm ha it's a miracle man <laughs> but there was no how no matter if that tempest continued from that spot to the end they will still get to the end he wasn't able enough to sink them in the water because God cannot be taking you on a journey and allow the troubles of that journey to stop you from getting to the end of that journey. It's impossible. So when you know as you know and you want to know as you, ex as you expected to know that you are blessed, it doesn't matter what you go through per time. They will all come to pass. And you begin to unlock the mystery of the components of your blessing. Number two, we said it before, obedience. He directs our paths. Obedience is one of the greatest keys to unlocking our blessing. If you be willing and obedient, the Bible said you shall eat the good of the land. That obedience is what was established in the life of Abraham. God can speak to you as a blessed person, do this, give this, go here, show mercy upon this, do some things are from the word of God. I say, no, I don't care. 
I don't care whether God said it or not. I will do what I want to do. Listen. Lot was in a troubled land. God decided to save him and his family before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And there came some strangers and they came to knock at his door. They came to visit him without really introducing themselves. And Lord said, gentlemen, you are welcome. What do you need? Serve them food. Give them things. Entertain them. And there came the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And they said, some men entered your house. Bring them so that we sleep with them. You know, Sodomy. Started long ago, so don't be bothered about that now. It's only when you have the mind of Christ that you know it's of the devil. Anyway, that's by the way. So, bring these men so that we sleep with them. Lord said, please, leave them. They are strangers. I can't give them out to you. You are men. If you want to sleep with, can I give my daughters to you? They said, no, it's not your daughters. Bring these men. They don't know that they were the angels sent to destroy that Sodom and Gomorrah. But Lord took them in. Something would have ministered to his mind. These people are not ordinary people. Whether you have or not, give them. You know, God gives instructions subtly. But you, you just throw it away like that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a damn. But at the end of the day, they were the one that took Lot and his family after they have introduced themselves and took them out of the troubled land and they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. You don't know how blessings will come. You don't know. God can give you a very simple instruction. Simple instruction. And you are convinced in your innermost mind but your flesh is saying, no, it doesn't look like it. I shouldn't do that. Obedience is key to unlocking the mystery of your blessing at any particular point in time any particular point in time. There are things God you know had told you to do and you refuse to do. And you are struggling with blessing and God said, I ask you to do this now. Once upon a time, so many years, I was struggling with God. I don't want to be a pastor and I keep saying it and God knows I never wanted to be a pastor. God said, no, you have to pastor. Give me all kinds of revelation, all kinds of powerful things. Da, 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 da. And I said, God, I don't want. I'm not interested. I was really arguing with the owner of my life and um, I was toying with. I said, you made me an evangelist and you are, you are blessing me. I have money to, to, to do big crusades. Then. Now that now one is going through something that would take me to the highest top. I said, God, we can do crusade, we can win, so I can print tracks, I can fund them. How many of them? Bring them, bring them on, bring them on. But for, for pastoral work, leave that alone. God said, no, you have to, you have to teach my flock. Give them the principle that through you I'm going to bless people that could never imagine that they would be blessed. I picked them from far and near, from the Marie and put them on a solid ground. And I want to use that testimony to build them a strong army. I said, God, we can build them by way of evangelism. Other people can. You know, I mean, there was that argument. And somehow, 
that particular year, God said, first and foremost, that so-called business you say you are enjoying, there's nothing that will come out of it till you answer me. And all the things you think you are hoping to get, including having a son, you don't have anything till you answer me. I felt that was my mind trying to play tricks on me. That particular year that it happened, my wife will tell you the story. We didn't have anything even to celebrate Christmas, but we had big cars parked outside. We have big businesses. People are calling me. Banks are calling me. Everybody's calling me. You come and take this facility. Come. I look big on the outside because God has built me up to a particular level. But everything went. I don't know what, how, how, why is it I don't have money to, to, to even to buy live chicken for Christmas? And it was so tough. And God said, that is how money has wings. You can fly away unless you obey me. And I said, okay, I will obey you. I will obey you now, but allow me. The capital I have, everything I have, I want to do this, I want to do this. He kept quiet. There was no talk. But I know you know the story. One thing led to the other, and he had his way in everything. And I said, okay, God, God I surrender after the last incident. I surrender. And um, we use whatever we had, everything now that we had to buy instruments. And at the end of the day, it's okay, watch and see. Then from one level of glory, from one level of blessing, he started taking me. He owns everything. You can be down today. The Bible said, the righteous can fall seven times. <laughs> but when the blessed come up, it comes up 100 times over. <laughs> because you are carrying the blessing. You need to be convinced. The third point is faith. That is the key thing. And um, we're not going to have time to spend on it today, but... I just rushed the whole things, but we keep coming back to faith at all times. What made Abraham or Abraham moved from his ancestral home to follow the God that he never knew before was a word called faith. He just trusted him. That's the God that was not worshipped by his people. He never knew. Nobody preached to him about. He just followed him. It was with faith that Abraham relocated, obeyed God. He believed in what God said. The Bible says it's with faith that we draw from the provisions of the covenant that God has with us. Total and blind faith. Believe God, trust God, not because of what you see, not because of what you have, not because of what you know, but because God has said it. So Abraham took a risk with his life and his wife by faith. But the faith paid off for him. The Bible said that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you don't believe in what God said, you can never please him. No matter how you dance before him, no matter how you pray to him, no matter how you do things, that you think he love. If you don't believe that he can bless you or lift you up, if you don't believe in his word, you can't please him. No wonder Abraham was called the father of faith. So one key thing on, in unlocking your covenant of blessing is faith. If you don't have faith, you struggle with the covenant of blessing. I mean, 1 Timothy 1, 18. 
where Paul was talking to Timothy. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies that went ahead of you, that the true, these prophecies, we do a good warfare. The prophecy was a prophecy of a great man, the prophecy of a good preacher, prophecy of a prosperous preacher, prophecy. But he said, use this prophecy, believe in this prophecy. Let the prophecy empower you to do a good warfare over the situation that will not allow you to be what has been prophesied to you. So to some people, it's hovering around their heads that they are blessed. If you don't know you are blessed, you can't be blessed. If you are not obedient to God, you can't see the manifestation. And if you don't have faith, how do you draw from the provisions of God for you? What excuse will you have to trust God. I mean, what excuse will you have not to trust God? Why Abraham, that we are talking about, never had anybody preach to him about this God. He never knew this God. His people never knew this God and he followed him. But you know everything from Genesis to Revelation about the faithfulness of God. Even you sang it this morning and you are still not trusting him by faith. How do you think he can trust you with his blessing. You see, when the blessing manifests, he gives him the glory. But when it manifests, when you didn't believe him, you give yourself the glory. Because you never trusted him. The third point is patience. The fourth point. Okay, so after faith is patience. Ephesians 6, 12 to 15. Ephesians 6. You know, principles are principles. And God works with his principles and not with your ideas. When you have a big house, you can never enter that house if it's locked without a key. Well, that's not the scripture I want to take. But I think, let me check it again from, um, I think it's five. Well, I miss the scripture, but again, if you can pull it through, pull it through. Where the Lord said that we shall not be slothful, but we shall be followers of them through faith and patience inherit our promises. That we shall not be slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience inherit our promise. That we shall not be slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience inherit our promise. Now, I want to try the book of Hebrew book. I think it's in Hebrews. Hallelujah. You found the scripture. Praise the Lord. That is Hebrews chapter 6 verse number 12. Beautiful. Thank you so much. 
Bible says in Hebrews 6.12 that ye be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and what? Inherit what? All the promises of God are being inherited by faith and by patience. When God promised Abraham because he believed that he himself is faithful to his word but he didn't know how much Abraham believed that God is faithful to his word he tried Abraham in the manifestation of his promise through patience Abraham was 25 and he had to wait for 25 years for the promise of Isaac which is a manifestation of the promise of God upon his life and a manifestation of the attributes of the blessing God had to put his faith on test of patience faith without patience is dead therefore if God started telling you about something that he wants to do in your life and you believe it and you have faith but you have no patience after a time that your faith will begin to wobble because you feel that God has delayed so much it might not be God that promised you after all God promised you a thing and he don't give you the time where he's going to fulfill it so you are guessing one year, two years, three years down the line nothing has happened and so you begin to lose patience but don't forget that you inherit every promise of God through faith and through patience faith that is without patience died before it started the Bible said that even when it was against hope Abraham still was full of hope and that was an evidence of patience one year, two years, three years, four years many years passed Abraham was still believing God he patiently waited for the promise of God and God said do you want to be like Father Abraham do you want to enjoy the blessing you want the blessing to manifest have patience with me and that is where a lot of people jump into hell and begin to follow the things of the world and follow all manners of quick feast prophets because they don't want to do patience the Bible said, you shall not be slothful, but what? Followers of them, true faith, and what? Patient inherit their promise. God never removed patience from inheriting promise. And so, if you are not a patient person, kiss manifestation of blessing goodbye. Patience. Patience. Put your right hand on your chest. That's where the problem is. Say patience. <laughs> say patience. Again, say patience. <laughs> Some of you are already like, uh, when, when, how, how? My mates, how? how? <laughs> Every of my friends, how? God say, relax. Be still and know that I'm God. The last point before we close for today, we spend so much time, is joy. It might not make sense to you, but God wants me to add it. 
Somebody say joy. <laughs> you know, it's very difficult to have joy when you don't have the manifestation <laughs> of the blessing. How can you have joy when you don't have money in your account? How can you say you are joyful when you don't have, when, you, when your landlord is knocking at your door and you are still confessing, landlord, you know I'm blessed. What kind of blessing are you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isaiah 12, 2 to 4. And behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. And is also, and he also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the well of salvation. With joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doing among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. With joy. Now listen to a little bit of his position. Abraham was going through what we can see as delay in God's promise upon his life. God promised, but he never manifested because he was going through delay. But Abraham did not display any form of sadness. Not that we know from the Bible. Abraham did not display any form of sadness. Abraham was still answering Abraham, father of nations, when he had no child of his own for so many years. How do I know that Abraham never exhibited sadness during his waiting period? I want to say this. There is always a waiting period for the manifestation of the promise of God upon your life. If you don't have it, you wait for it and keep waiting and keep waiting till the faithfulness of God brings it to pass. That is your portion. God promise, God brings it to pass. In between is your patience. And in the patience is your joy. The Bible says in Romans 4.20 He is staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He did not stagger through other period with the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Listen to me. Sadness is actually an evidence of staggering. If you are waiting on God for something, and you begin to stagger in faith, it comes out from your face. You're upset. You're upset. You're upset. Once you are sad, it's an evident you are staggering in faith. Because if your faith is strong, constantly strong, you have no reason to be sad. True of us. Ah, thank you. I cannot move faster. I don't need to say more things. <laughs> So even when Abraham might not like exactly the fact that he was answering father of many nations for many years without a child and people are calling him Abraham. You know, names have meaning. And people call you by your names and attribute meaning to it. Do you understand? Okay, so when he said to his friends, my name has been changed from Abraham to Abraham, he's not supposed to call it by himself. He's supposed to tell them that I have been rebaptized. So instead of calling me Abraham, call me what? Abraham. So they will say, Abraham, Abraham. 
When they say Abraham, father of many nations, father of many nations, where is your child now? Abraham, we said, God has promised me he will never fail me. I will wait on him and I will wait on him. He never said, stop calling me that name. He never staggered. They call him and say, yeah, here I am. I am Abraham, the father of many nations. He never said, don't call me that name again. I changed my name to Abraham. <laughs> so, Abraham never displayed any form of sadness, nor that we know. The Bible made us understand that he was rather joyful, waiting for the promise by giving glory to God. You don't give glory to God in sadness. Do you understand? I'm not, I'm not talking about make-believe kind of glory. We say, I give glory to the Lord. That is the one. When God records that you are giving glory to God, that means your heart has been opened to God. You are giving, you are wonderful. Glory go to you. You are, what an awesome God you are. I give glory to you because you have given me my Isaac. Isaac will still be like 10 years ahead of time. But he's giving glory to God. And the Bible said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. So from the joy, he drew from his well of salvation. Simply put, Abraham believed God at all times and at all times. And he never displayed any form of unbelief. Rather, he was still joyful that God has promised him. One day, one time, God will do it. What a man of faith Abraham was. This was the way it worked with Abraham. And still remains the way it will work with you and I. If you want to draw from the well of our salvation and the promises of God upon our life and see riches, wealth, good health, long life, prosperity, abundance, whatever thing you want to confess, whatever thing you believe that is part of your covenant with God that represents the blessing of God, have knowledge that they are yours. Be obedient to the word of God. Have faith at all times that God has said it and he will do it. Be patient and wait for God. And above all, in the midst of it all, be joyful. Be what? Joyful. You know, after service, I look at the faces of people. Exciting message have been preached. Good message have been preached. I know who is joyful and I know who is sad. And I look at I say, what's your problem, Pastor. I said, we just finished something now. Pastor, Pastor, this thing, ah, ah, hey, where has the joy of the Lord? I mean, so what has inspired you? What has changed you? What's because immediately you put on that cap of sadness that you enter the hall with that cap of disappointment you have with somebody, the pressure you have with your landlord, your son telling you about school fees, and your mind that you have not done anything, and you say, pa once I hear pastor, I say, something is going on here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we constrain ourselves to be joyful. <laughs> well, I'm not a very, very naturally excited person, so you can't say that I'm, you know, kind of hip-hop kind of a person. 
But I want, I make sure that at every particular point in time, you don't see frown on my face, whether at home. I play more than everybody in our home. I play, I do all kinds of things. You won't see it. And my, my wife will be wondering, because he doesn't know all that I could possibly be going through. That's true. But we are talking about this thing and we are taking it. My children will say, he will say that the Lord will do it. He will just say the Lord will just like that. But the Lord will do it. That's what I know and that's what I believe. I don't really know what you want to believe or care. But I know the Lord will do it. It might be hard now. It might be rough now. It might be turbulent now. It might be a story now. But I know the Lord will do it. And so rather than frown, I'll be joyful. So don't pity me. Don't pity your friends. Let the joy of the Lord remain your strength. At every particular point in time, let the joy of the Lord remain your strength. From With joy you draw from the well of your salvation. People you are frowning to tell you a story might not have an ability to help you. And the one that has ability to help you say laugh. Smile, be joyful. I said, God, I want to be joyful. That you come between somebody that you think can help you and your friend. He said, What is happening now? You are not looking so bright. Mm, you know what is happening. But God said, I thought you'd be joyful. And he said, No, for you I'll be joyful, but to this one I will be sad. <laughs> because it's through sadness that can pity me and give me what I need. Because if I'm not sad, I'm rejoicing. They won't give me now. I'll be. <laughs> Stand to your feet. Lord, you are worthy of our praise. <laughs> I want to let you know that you are already blessed and nothing can be added to that blessing. The blessing of Abraham is the blessing that God has given to you. It doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter the stage you are. God has committed to give you everything that represents his blessing. Whether you are young or you are old, whether you are going through turbulence or everything seems to be smooth. Whatever you are going through, God is going to use it to glorify himself and show himself that is God. So be joyful at all times for God has prepared a blessing that no man can stop in your life. Raise up your two hands. Say after me, I will manifest my covenant blessing. I will trust God. I will believe God. I will depend on God. I will be full of faith. I will have patience. And I will be joyful till I have everything that the Lord has promised me by way of covenant by my blessing Abraham did it I will do it and I will be blessed and generations after me we talk about my faith exploits how I waited on God how I trusted God how I depended on God how I was joyful in the midst of my challenges and eventually, God did it for me. And his name was glorified in my situation. That is the position I am taking from today. I will have my blessing manifested in every facet of my being. 
starting from today covenant of blessing I command you to begin to walk I command you to begin to walk I command you to begin to walk in every facet of my being Lord give me the ability to hold the key that will unlock every promise that you have given to me without fail thank you Jesus for I believe in you your blood was not in vain your sacrifice was not in vain I trust in you I depend on you to make me what you say I will be thank you Jesus in Jesus name we pray put your hands together for the Lord Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.